It's finally here, the episode that we've been promoting so long. We're going to call it EHD Island, um, your tropical getaway. Uh, it's been super hot, super dry in Iowa. In fact, the rut right now is just, it's, it's hot for all the wrong reasons. One time uh, uh, when I was in college, we had a, uh, there's a couple that we were friends with, my wife and I. And uh, we would, like, go and uh, go to, like, state parks and go hiking and, and, like, cook out over the fire and stuff. And this one time we made, um, uh, like, fried potatoes over the the fire, but they didn't get cooked all the way. And um, my friend John uh, stated that they were crunchy for all the wrong reasons. So the the fried potatoes were (laughs) – They were were crunchy for all the wrong reasons. And it is – the rut is hot. For all the wrong reasons. Usually, when you say the rut's hot, that means you know you got does bugging out, freaking, freaking out, running all over the timber, and and bucks chasing them. Uh, that is not the case. It's uh, kind of a muted rut. October was muted because of really a lot of warm days. I don't know what would you guys say if we had maybe. I don't think we've hit five frosts yet, right? And we're at the midpoint no, of the I- month, basically. As, as you know, I'm a tick magnet, Kent, and I, I actually had I had a tick on me. I had three ticks on me in the last week at least. <laughs> you so, are a tick I mean, magnet, my goodness. That'll, that'll tell you how cold it is. has not been. Yes. Yeah, It's it's just been a really, really warm fall. Um, the crops in our area, I mean, corn and bean farmers were at it by not too long after Labor Day. When Maybe. Did you start? Dylan's Dylan does some of the yeah, stuff. Dylan, so. Yeah, we're yeah, joined. I mean, we were able to get started second week in September already. I mean, not, the corn wasn't exactly dried down yet, but we were picking and drying it. So most of the harvest was wrapped up, I mean, middle of October already. So, I mean, yeah. a lot of guys were getting after it because it was so dry and so hot. Yep. And uh, so it's just been a kind of a strange, strange fall. And, uh, it's, you know, usually by this time in, you know, midpoint of November, we're getting to the point where things are starting to cool off. You, you can occasionally like, seems like in that first week of October, it never fails. There's always like one day where it hits like 70. Um, but then it just starts getting down to, you know, what's a normal November uh, day, like starts out, you know, just right at freezing or just below freezing in the mornings then warms up to maybe high 40s or so in the day but we're talking 65 66 67 degrees something like that today Mm -hmm. and uh um i was watching a uh a short that bill winky put out um i don't know it must have been a couple weeks ago and he and his rule that he goes by is he says that deer movement is greatly diminished when the temperature gets above 50 degrees he's found. And, um, of course there's more motivation for the deer to be up on their feet, um, during the rut, uh, those hormonal changes in both the does and the bucks cause them to do abnormal things. But, um, it, you, you can't just ignore, <laughs> you know, the challenges of moving around in hot weather when, you know, to, my, my friend Tony is hunting the the rut with me right now. And we were both sweating buckets by the time we got to our stand today. We had to walk a little over a mile and it was, 
you know, we both tried to keep our layers to an appropriate amount. You know, we're trying to balance the, you know, you always get hot while you're walking, but then when you're sitting in the stand, you get cold and, and, uh, it's the same thing for the deer. They got their winter coats on, you know, they're, yep. they're going to be up and moving around. They're going to be, it's going to be hard on them, but that's, that's, uh, to come later. We'll talk, we'll have a episode here soon, kind of doing a rut update. Um, but going back to just the super, especially dry weather that we had this summer and really we're stacking up droughts. I mean, Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree probably the last three, maybe four years, it's been abnormally dry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw some just driving today. I mean, I was looking at these different ponds, you know, farm ponds and mm-hmm. people out in their front yard. And how many are dr- absolutely dry or close to it? Or I, I drove past this one where they've got some sunken trees and you can see the water line, you know, on the trees. And mm-hmm. it's... I mean, it's significantly down. I mean, it's, it's it was a decent size, little, almost a small lake. And yeah, wow. I mean, we've got that. That's one sign, right? You drive past people's yeah. houses, yep. you see their ponds in their front yard and there's no water. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really starting to stack up. I talked in the most recent episode with Noel Gandy about this drainage ditch that runs through my home farm. And normally growing up as a kid that always had water in it. Uh, but really, since I've really started bow hunting, um, you know, like like really getting into bow hunting, which was back in 2020, I've been able to walk in that ditch as like a travel, you know, travel route because there's no water in it ever. It's just like grown over with with uh, reed canary grass, and it's uh, because it's not really a waterway anymore. It's it's a just a a dry ditch. And, um, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about what drought has to do with EHD outbreak. I think we've probably talked about it a little bit on here in the past, but essentially what happens is you have all the deer in the, you know, local area where the drought is hitting water becomes a, you know, a hard to find a limited resource, and so the deer congregate around those limited pools of water. And, um, you know, when you think about like if you raise livestock or, you know, even like looking history at, you know, some of the terrible things that went on in like um, the, the concentration camps and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Jewish concentration camps of the World War II era, the... Uh, disease that would come from that or um, the civil war prisoner of war camps, you know, prison camps uh, that would put all of these people into like a a really confined area and close contact with each other. And what ends up happening is more people were dying of disease than like, you know, being killed in, in action, you know, and the same thing happens for, pretty much all, you know, wildlife, if you confine them and, and put them right in on top of each other, diseases start to get passed around. And unfortunately, EHD thrives in that circumstance. CWD can as well, but that's not as much of a concern uh, or as prevalent, I guess I should say. It is a major concern, but it's it's not as prevalent in Iowa as is EHD. And... Um, 
when everyone's gathering around the little mud puddle that's left, they start to pass it around. But they can't just pass it by like, oh, I, you know, I'm sick with it. I drank out of the same water as as this other deer, and now that you know that deer gets it. It's because of a midge, this little uh, this little uh, larvae that yep. hatches in the muddy banks around these watering areas. And I think the the adult version of that, the the little black biting flies, <clears throat> I imagine they they lay their eggs in that stagnant water, kind of like a mosquito does. That's my guess. I don't know that for sure, but but those midges they like live in in the they hatch in the mud, I think, and then um, then they you know mature and turn into these little flies, these blood sucking flies that bite the deer when they come to get a drink and you know one deer that's infected with ehd um then passes it on to the next one that gets bit by the same you know little uh fly and uh it starts pass going around like wildfire well that takes us to uh this uh farm this you know it's caleb here so it's a farm that we got permission to hunt that's right caleb's the world's best permission (laughs) uh seeker for for uh hunting access and uh uh he got us onto this farm and caleb you want to kind of like uh lay out how we ended up where we did and uh maybe what we started to see pretty quickly after we got there i think yeah i think um when you think about a hunting property, I think this is kind of a, one of the things I key in on. Dylan can speak to this is I've, I even helped him on some of his pieces where some of the smallest patches, actually one of the smallest patches of timber has produced some really great uh, buck activity this year. Um, And so uh, this farm sets up in a really kind of interesting way is probably over 90% or about 85 to 90% of it's just field. Um, And so when Kent and I, right we we've been pre-scouting on spartan forge and uh marking different things and so we're looking at timber i mean there's a couple drainages that go through this piece and then there's a a larger creek um probably a river more so it's certainly a non-drought situation right Um, in fact in the imagery it was it looked like we were like man there's no crossing that thing without right. a boat. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think typically you can cross it. No, it's deep. Yeah. That's yeah. You deep. know, you know, yeah. Dylan knows the Creek as well. So, um, so we, as we've, you know, done our pre-scouting, you know, we, we hunted that morning. We, we went out there. We did, it was our first hunt. First time either of us yeah. had hunted this, this piece. Um, after we had had our morning hunt, we decided to continue to, I guess, push, push on further. There was really only one corner left yeah. to check. It's yeah. the best way to put it. Um, and, uh, it was the, it's, it's, I, I remember learning from, uh, from some different people in the hunting world about oxbows and, and rivers or creek systems. And basically that's what EHD Island is. It is that's an right. oxbow that creates a teardrop. That's almost essentially an Island. Um, and it, and it's at the very, corner of large timber mm-hmm. and do, what do you want to add some more there ken or do you, should we continue no i think i think you're spot on right there with your description for what what yeah. it is yeah so as we uh we had and in, in the county that we live in we have not been experienced as much or any that i know of ehd 
Um, well, we knew in this county that there had been some reported cases, maybe some mm-hmm. of the highest in the state, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the highest, known highest. But it wasn't, um, uh, and that may, I don't know that that's still the case. I think there's been a lot more discovered since then. Oh, yeah. But, but um, it's at the, it's more towards the edge of that county. Yeah, you know, it's it not is. like deep into the county. It's like one road north in, yeah. in a different county. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, so Kent and I, are, we approached this, this oxbow to scout, basically this in-season scouting, both have our bows and, um, and we smelled, we smelled something dead. I, remember, I think you smelled it first, actually. And we yeah, were like, maybe. oh man. And then I just had just had the right, you know, line of I've sight. And I was like, oh, it's a giant buck. And it was a, it's a pretty nice, yeah, pretty nice deer. We'll probably, maybe we'll have to post it on your social media or something. We're going to, we got to, yeah, we should, we should yeah, it. push it or put out a picture of that thing. It was, yeah, a, it so was a nice buck. We've contacted the DNR about it and uh, got the approval to take him out of there. And, uh, so we're going to get him cleaned up and, uh, we're, we're like marveling at this deer. Like I just hopped right down on the Creek. I mean, and you've got to, to give it perspective, Kent is standing on the top side of it on the, in the ag field. Mm-hmm. I dropped down and I'm easily eight or eight or 10 feet below. Oh, I'd say more Kent than 15. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a significant, deep banks. significant difference. And I'm down there kind of looking at the buck. My nose is really getting a, a you know, a nice whiff of, of this, <laughs> this rotting deer. And we're just down there. We're just kind of like talking back and forth. Um, and the, the, the kind of a, a key to the story is that the wind was in our, it was a West wind. And so it was coming from this, this oxbow and heading in our, it was in our face. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're standing there doing that and we hear a cough and it was definitely a deer cough. It was like a and growl. We, I mean, it was, yeah, it was like a noise was, I'd he, never heard in the woods before. It was like, it was, yeah. And I guess maybe it would be a description of like, if you were like, if a deer was grunting and then like pushed it further out. So it wasn't as deep as a grunt, but it wasn't like as light as a cough. It was somewhere mm-hmm. in this weird, it was a weird noise. And, uh, we kind of, I think we kind of snapped each other, like looked at each other, head snapped up. I'm like, was that a deer? And you were like, Yeah. And then immediately I went into like, <laughs> we both yeah. kind of went into like, okay, we, we have to go, we have to go stalk this thing. I mean, it's, it's gotta be right. I mean, and this, this is not a very big patch of timber. I mean, it's probably maybe 80 yards long. So mm-hmm. we're within, we're within 80 yards at least of this deer. Um, so I immediately just start going like, there's a trail that goes up and I start just, I knocked an arrow and start just creeping in there, moving with the wind um, did you drop down behind me then? Is that right, Ken? Yeah. Eventually I, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go in there too. That way if I, if I see it and plus I was just curious, you know, after we found that buck, it's like, yeah, clearly he died of EHDs in the water. You know, we know the, we know all the drought conditions and everything. We know the reports of there being a, you know, high prevalence of that. And so it's like, it was kind of one of those things where, yeah, I was curious to check out that what we thought was a deer but mm-hmm. also to see if there were more EHD cases. Yeah. And uh, it's almost like, and then I, I so I, I was moving pretty slow and then you had the, you had the advantage that you kind of, you actually kind of got almost in front of me, but basically even with me because you took the Creek around, which was quiet. I mean, there was no leaves, no crunch. Um, so he, he, 
we were basically parallel at one point. And I remember mm-hmm. this, like I was looking at you and you decided to knock an arrow and I was already, I'd already had my, my release on my, on my D loop. And, um, which I think is, is, is funny because you were within at that point and I was back there today, actually, you were, you were within about 15 yards of this deer. Yeah. I when, still didn't when, see him because I got yeah, distracted. Yeah. We knocking that arrow. And I think a funny point is the reason why what clicked in your head that you were you weren't knocking an arrow because you thought oh I'm gonna get a shot at this deer. <laughs> yeah, the noise was just so it was so bizarre. It was it was really like a growl. I mean, it was yeah, it's like a like a throaty growl sound, and it dawned on me as like you know what, maybe we aren't getting close to a uh, <laughs> uh, um deer maybe we're getting close to like a rabid fox or a rabid coyote or something like that you never know right it, yeah and i i i just started thinking of like man we're gonna have to get like rabies shots or something you know this thing's gonna be charging us and and uh so that's 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 what i was thinking but i also ran into our second dead deer i ran into a doe oh, yeah. that was very fresh yeah um and so i was like examining that thing and I, and it turns out I'm 15 yards away. Well, and I think you, so you knocked an arrow and I, cause I, I looked over at you and I can remember I, I, I actually started right, right about that moment. I was, I was about three yards from this tree that I was going to get to and then and glass up ahead. And I, it just, just before that is when you knocked your arrow, I get up to the tree and I look up and you took one more step and I just started to see the top of his tines. I mean, I'm, at this point, we're both inside or at, I'm probably at 20 and you're at about 15 and you made enough noise, just enough noise with that step where it wasn't, it was something where he, he bumped his head up and looked your direction, but there was so much between you and him that he stood up and curled his body. And I think this is a key point because I've, <laughs> I've looked at a lot of different stuff. He, if you think about, I was watching some stuff with Ranch Ferry a couple of years ago. You guys know mm-hmm. Ranch Ferry is. Yeah. It yep. talks about how, like when you shoot pigs, because he shoots a lot of pigs, that they're like a metal barrel, that they don't move. When they turn left, like their whole spine moves. Mm. And like in a deer, it's more like, it's almost like a slinky. Like you can just like, you can twist it, you know, you can make it go different ways. And so if you picture the buck was actually facing, I think, a way from kent like he was bedded with his back to kent and he was facing more north um which is kind of weird too but Mm -hmm. he threw his head back and looked at kent and when he stood up he took like a quarter turn step to his right and so i would have been 45 degrees further away from kent so like he's quartering away from me but he's in a sense not with the way you want it is what i've come to where he's in a slinky turn mm-hmm. not like a not like a straight that not, not a straight quartering away sure so i come to full draw when he stands up and when i did that i he he then got on to me a little bit but he still was not sure what was going on and so I, there's a lot of, I've, I've replayed this a lot in my mind, right? And there's a lot of things that go through your your mind in a short amount of time. And we're talking in within a three second window, you you know, I'm trying to, you're trying to calculate up all these things. Okay. EHD dead buck. This buck has been coughing. Um, we're we're stalking like it actually worked. That's another thing that's going on in our brains. Right. It's like, this is kind (laughs) of cool, but now we have hunter ethics that play into this and it's like, 
I, by, based on the size of the deer, if this was a completely healthy deer in a situation where I'm in a tree stand and I've, you know, I'm, 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 I'm probably going to let this deer walk. I'm probably right. not, not going to draw back or even consider, you know, shooting this buck. Right. But in my mind, ultimately I was like, you know what, like there is an ethical decision as a hunter that I, I I've, I'm in this situation and the right thing to do is to help this deer get to an unfortunate end, you know, and, um, and so I quartering away shot, I, I took my shot. I didn't hug the shoulder because I knew that it would, you know, come out, not where we'd want to. Mm-hmm. And it would make, so I, I dropped my pin back a few inches, you know, kind of that last rib or second to last rib area, mm-hmm. um, and released my arrow and I hit right where I was aiming. Um, now we're, and he took off, I mean, he took off, he tore out of there pretty good. Um, I mean, I could see my arrow sticking in him when he ran away. Um, I felt good about the shot. I mean, I was like, I hit where I was aiming. Mm-hmm. I could see that the that the arrow had entered the deer. Um, about half the shaft or so was was within the was within the animal, and I, so um, I've had less than that. You know, if I don't get a full pass through, right? So I I assumed I I was assuming I'd hit opposite shoulder, mm-hmm. um, like that. That's a that's a deer running away that is dead. Right. Yeah. Um, and you get, you came right up and we were his bed. I mean, the size of, he must've been, I don't know if he was writhing or what was going on, but, um, I don't know that he was writhing because of, of how, <clears throat> what, what we ended up learning after the fact here, but, um, his bed was huge. I mean, you remember like the matted area of grass was like, yeah, it's, was, he's, pro- he's probably a regular there, you know, it's just yeah. the reason, you know, I think it back and way up here a little bit, when we first walked up on that oxbow, like we were from from the aerial scouting, and this is where you make a good point. We talk about this quite often that aerial scouting, e scouting, crazy important for hunting, yep. but it is not the same thing as being there. Yeah. And uh, so we were optimistic from the aerial scouting, but we still wanted confirmation by actually going and visiting this area to say, right. oh yeah, it is it is a really good spot, you know. Yep. And so we as soon as we walked there, like, yeah, this is, this is where you really want to be. Like, this is just a, it's a bucky area. And I think the fact that his bed was so big probably confirms, I mean, he definitely was suffering, you know, so maybe he was, like you said, getting up out of his bed and shifting around a lot. Um, but my, my guess is he probably just had spent quite a bit of time there, you know, and, and, uh, came back and bedded there multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember he took off and, uh, in the direction he went, he didn't have far to go. Um, and, and so he, the way he was running, you know, we, we, we met up right where the hit was. Um, I knew I didn't have a pass through, so we knew, we knew we weren't looking for an arrow right there. Um, we kind of talked it all over for a, a couple minutes, a few minutes, I don't even know, five or 10 minutes, just kind of like what just happened. Yeah. Um, and then, we were like, well, let's just, let's kind of just take up this trail because the only, he probably only had what 50 to 70 yards of maybe, maybe that of, of habitat to get to before he got to a field. I'm thinking he's going to be dead on the field. Yeah. You know, he's going to go across. Well, down he, was, he was already in such poor health that it just seemed like right. it was going to be the final domino for him. Right. Right. So we found, we found, I didn't take, we didn't take his direct path, I guess, of, of, of what he first ran through because it was really thick stuff. 
So we kind of just circled around and got in front, like kind of around to the other end where, where it lightened up. And we found blood almost immediately right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. decent blood. Um, and then we followed that blood down into the creek and back up the other side. And I kept thinking, he's just going to be up here. He's just going to be up here. And we, this, it, we just started, we just kept following blood. It was in the cornfield then. And we were mm -hmm. just following. We, we, we could see hundreds, a couple hundred yards at this point across the cornfield ish, maybe 150 yards. And so we knew he wasn't out there, but we could see his tracks and we could see blood on all the stalks and the, you know, the, well, the, the cut stalks and the, the husks. So we started tracking and mm -hmm. there was kind of another oxbow up ahead. So we just took our time, um, you know, minutes and one minute turned into five, turned to 15, turned to 30 to where like yeah. we're getting to the point now where, okay, we've, he's definitely going to be expired is what, you know, it, yeah. It, once we but then also that. we, we were hitting that distance where it's like, yep. Uh, he might not be, you know, because, yeah. You know what? What the magic number, I think, is like three hundred yards. You know, if it's once a deer has gone three hundred yards, it's yep. very unlikely that you're going to recover many times soon. So we and so hit, we were hitting I, that mark. Yeah, I think for me, when we hit the uh, that next kind of oxbow before we hit the hardwoods, was kind of where it was like, okay, this just does not make any sense. Like something was not. Yeah, something went wrong. Something was not adding up. Um. Yeah. And so we, I mean, we tracked how, I don't know how many yards. It must've been over 300 yards, just about 300, oh, 350. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we did some hardwoods. Cause I don't think we, I don't think the full track, I don't know that we made it half of what we, what we came back and did later. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, for my part of this story, we followed that deer probably for an hour 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 15 hour 20 and uh covered i would say probably a half mile you know at least a quarter mile um we so we're in iowa which is a right to track state which is awesome yeah and um so the you know the downside to a right to track is you can't bring your bow with you right. so we had to stash our bows um uh, and then we continued on to the neighboring property, follow, continuing to follow the blood trail. But, you know, some other things that we saw were we never had like a, like great blood spot, you know, like, like, like he stopped, he never yeah. stopped, no beds, right? No beds. He could tell he stood in a, in an area for a couple yeah. seconds and, yeah. you know, dri dripped a little more, but we never had anything that looked like he was, you know had an arterial bleed that was spraying out the side of him. Right. It, it was, it, it was starting to just like give you the, you know, you, you're wanting to stay optimistic, right? Like it's, it's human nature. You're like, Oh, it might, it might, you know, th this might work out, but in your mind, like in your, your true heart of hearts, you know, you're looking at the telltale signs of a buck that's not dead yet. And, yep is going to be a mystery. And so I think it was around 1130 when, when, uh, we finally called it and, uh, you, uh, knew you were going to be back that evening and, and that yeah. brings us to the other guy on well, the, on the show. Well, we should also add too that this is, this is the, one of the weird parts of VHD. We're in the hardwoods We're there was this drainage. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yep. 
and we were just getting to the point where like we should stop and i we were just looking ahead through the woods and we saw white belly yeah and then i think you just kind of went a little further to confirm it was a doe yep she was kind of bloated i mean i think and it was yep. it's another ehd yeah that was the fifth one that we found yep. uh, five yeah. dead deer from ehd she was right up on the creek bank and um <clears throat> you know so all this was gone it was just super cruel i felt really bad for caleb because like who on earth does this happen to like you're following a blood trail and yep. there's another dead deer basically <laughs> yeah. on the blood trail oh yeah. but it's not your deer this is a deer that died of a disease and Weird. uh you know died like just within the last few days so <laughs> that was that was a pretty big slap to the face there but yeah but yeah so we were five dead deer in but not the one that we were looking for <laughs> and um you know we didn't it's always hard to i'm very thankful for the right to track but yeah. you always feel you know during hunting season you feel like man i want to get off of here as fast as i can because what right. if the neighbor's trying to hunt you know and and um i know i have the legal right to be doing this but i don't want to mess up somebody else's hunt you know or i don't want to have that conflict and so we we called it for then we figured yep. this buck is still alive. The trail just keeps going. It's not great blood. Um, but there was enough blood to be like, it's worth picking up the trail again later after he's had some time to die. And so Caleb called his good buddy Dylan, who yep, is, uh, the, is. Other, the other man on uh, the line tonight. Dylan, thanks for, for joining us. Um, so let's hear, you know, the kind of the, open-ended conclusion here to uh following this ehd buck so yeah D dylan you want to tell us where uh, you hopped in well first thing we did i want to say that i i did every means i could to try to contact the property owner i mean we looked on yes yep that's um, right i looked on different websites and um there's no house on this property that's the neighboring property there's no house so there's no residence to go knock on the door um there's no they're not local because of their their the way the way on like the the tax id website or whatever you want to call it yep. that we you can look on it, it's a p.o box so which is usually a pretty a pretty sure sign like it's not like they have a physical address somewhere nearby yeah. there's no phone numbers listed we couldn't so, we just so, so basically caleb was going above and beyond to try and you know not just yet yeah, it's our right to be here but try and like Right. No. Yeah. And I don't know when I called, did I call you and ask you if you knew? I don't remember. Yeah, you did. But to add to that point, like, especially where I, where that hunt was, it's, it is important to do that. If you can to go ahead and contact right. the property owner that way, they don't just see somebody wandering out there and have no clue. And then they come and then, I mean, yeah, you could waste uh, precious yeah. time, especially when you're yeah. looking for a deer, but just like, it's a neighborly thing to do. Like, Hey, yep. my deer hopped the fence. It's on your side. I just want to go find it. I want to, I want to get it out of there. I, you know, and get out of your hair, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's an important thing to do, especially yep. when there's some crazy people down there. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. get in. When, uh, when, when did I, I can't remember. It's been a little while now, about almost a month. Uh, well, I called you. Yeah. And what, what, what was kind of your thought process? And like, like, I I, I probably wasn't very optimistic at this point. No, I mean, when you called me, you're like, hey, I, I shot a buck. Pretty sure I had EHD. Like, I shot it for that reason. Like, just trying to let it, you know, 
not suffer <laughs> until yeah, the end yeah. of its life. I'm going to take it now. And so I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I want to come and help you. And I think I, I was putting like a new motor in a tractor or something like that. And you <laughs> called me. And I, was like, I was like, man, I, I'd love to help you. But this is what I got going on. I said, when you get closer to the time you want to leave, just give me a call and, and we'll go from there. And so, yeah, you did. I think you called me at like seven. I mean, it was dark at the time when you called me. Yep. Yep, and, told me uh, to go back in. Yeah, yeah, go in yeah. Here, and I was like, okay, like, like, what do we need if we're gonna go? Like, is a is a ATV gonna like help us like get down there? Because you know, I don't, I, I as a farmer, I don't want to just like go whipping out in a farm uh, <laughs> yeah. cornfield in my pickup. You know, like an ATV is obviously much lighter and and yeah. easier to get around in. So it's like, all right, let's. Yeah. So we contacted the the property owner that gave us permission to hunt. And he was like, oh, it's dry enough. Go on out there and whatever. He's like, he even said you could probably drive your pickup. It's so dry. But we took us, uh, Dylan, side by side down there. And we 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 skipped. We didn't go back to the, the shop hit. We went we went back to basically last blood right away. I mean, we had dropped yeah. a pin. And uh, Dylan and I had talked ahead of time. And we we're like, okay, if we get to this point, that's where we're going to start. If he goes this direction, we're going to continue to follow. If he goes this direction, we'll, or we will, we'll, we'll just, we're going to, he's going to cross onto another neighboring property and we're just yeah. going to, we're going to call it quits. Um, so Dylan was actually kind of, the, he took the lead basically. I had like two lights and he had a light or two. And um, yeah, it wasn't hard to follow the trail at all. I mean, it was literally like blood, walk, 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 blood. And it was, you were just at last yeah. blood and I kept finding new blood. I mean, yeah. it really wasn't hard to follow, but I think the weird thing was when we kept going up. So when you picture a mortally wounded deer um, and Dylan, you, you've tracked deer before. So we, we've had the you know opportunity to see what deer do when they're, when they're fatally wounded. And we kept thinking he's going to go up here and bed down. And it yeah. would be like, everything about what would make sense on these bridges he was kind of side hilling and mm -hmm. then we think he's going to take a right and go up on top and then his bed but yeah. he would almost every time stay side hill and then the one time it was he did it twice actually he went down yeah. in into some i mean we had to i mean you had to watch your step otherwise like we were going to the bottom and how many times did we look at each other and go there's no way if he goes down this he's not coming back up yeah and he mm. did twice. He did yeah. it twice, and it was wow. it was unbelievably steep. I yeah. mean, it was like yeah, we were on hands and knees, like crawling down and then crawling back up. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, <laughs> if, if our optimism was 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 slowly going a little less every time. <laughs> and yeah, well, yeah. the last one he went through, I thought mm -hmm. if there's a blood trail at the top of this hill and he's not sitting there or laying there on the ground, I I don't know. He's yeah. probably not going to be around. We're mm -hmm. not going to find him. Yep. Yep. And then we got up to, so we're basically starting a pretty low elevation. We get all the way up to the, the top of through this timber on this next field. And, uh, and then it starts getting real, real pin drops. And it's in that, it's, it was, what was that alfalfa grass? Yeah. There's yep. a buffer strip around the edge of this timber to the cornfield. And yeah, he made it up to there and obviously trying to find blood and alfalfa grass. Yeah. Especially in the dark is yep. super hard. And we, we followed, though, we we kept finding uh, a drop here and a drop there once we had that grass. And he had actually started to kind of J-hook back towards, like, by this point, you know, if he's, if we, the track started, I think we were actually heading, like, northwest. 
and then the track kind of took a westerly turn and then we were going side hilling going up these ridges and now we were going southwest and then by the end of the track we were up on this top and we were going straight south and and then we we actually did we find one last drip of blood up on that uh it was almost heading like back east wasn't it yeah right right there where the corner bends basically yeah, yeah. And that was the last blood we found. And at that point, it was a pin drop. And it was midnight. <laughs> it was midnight. Yeah. So yeah. we had put in, I don't know, between Kent and us, I mean, probably three and a half hours of tracking, I think, yeah. probably. Yeah. And you... so we just decided, you know, we're going to take a line from here back to the side-by-side. Um, and we actually went back to that side just in case he did double back all the way back to his bed. Um we went back there and I, I think I even put a range on it as far as like you stood where I was and I yeah. stood in his bed and it was like 21 yards. So it was a totally manageable shot and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, we had to call it, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to forever be a mystery, I suppose. Yeah. Um, until shed season possibly. You maybe just, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer, but yeah. I mean, when it's that late and you got to work the next day, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got yeah, to move. And you you're spending all this time on somebody else's property, you know, looking for it. You just at some point, you just know that you might be dead, but yeah, not in a place where you're gonna right. most likely find him now. And yeah, and based on the sign you guys are seeing, there's a good chance he was still alive somewhere. You know? Yeah, we um, never, uh, you know, on this, and it's interesting. I'm thankful for this, but we never saw a single deer stand or a sign of someone else hunting on that, on that piece, thankfully. So I, whoever, whoever it is that owns that, it's like, well, I don't feel like we messed up their season. I mean, yeah. certainly, not, but, um, we did find but, some uh, trespasser stands though on, uh, we did find a couple and yeah, we did find some trespasser stands, which is it's kind on of the ground that we're hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Landowner didn't know about, um, the dude hangs, it uses his, uh, climbing sticks upside down, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. know how, I'm not sure how that's uh, going to work out for, for, for long, but, yeah. but, uh, no, it's just a, such a strange, bizarre day. You know, it was cool to be hunting this place, but a real downer to see just how the local deer herd was hammered by that yeah. disease. And, and, uh, you know, I've heard of way worse outbreaks. Um, I heard on another podcast that some guy who owns 1200 acres somewhere in Iowa, uh, found 300 dead deer on his property uh, with EHD. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we need to be concerned about this as hunters. Um, yep. You know, this is where hunters need to, need to look at what's going on and start asking some questions. Why are we having so many droughts? Why, you know, why, why is this all stacking up the way it is? And um, if there's anything we can do to help, um, we should be, we should be looking for, for an opportunity to do that because it's starting to impact deer hunting, you know, kind of a, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about how hot it's been through this fall. You know, I think, it, you know, this is obviously two episodes in a row where we talked about this hot button issue of, of a warming climate and all that. Um, uh, you know, it, we're seeing decades of that data stack up now. We're seeing we're seeing a warming trend, and you know, then there's the Baywell. It's, you know, is that just a natural cycle? Is there is there ways that humans impact that? Um, 
uh, I'd argue with anyone that, yeah, humans impact that, and and but I'm not going to do that now. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Ken. But <laughs> but, uh, but the so what's what's interesting is we see how it's impacting deer hunting now. You know, like yeah, I uh, can go back to the last episode. You can talk to or listen to me talking to Noel Gandy and he has on his trail cameras. He, there's a guy who names every buck on his properties that he hunts. He wow. runs a ton of trail cameras. He goes in, targets these specific bucks and he, and he kills them. He's he's done it. Uh, three booners in the last two years, uh, that way. And, um, he said that this year was the first year where he's seen the lowest amount of antler growth, on all of his farms and, and a lot of his, his uh, bucks that he's keeping tabs on went backwards in antler growth because of oh, just yeah, would, how, yeah. how dry it's been. And uh, another interesting thing that happened with me and my buddy uh, Tony today while we were hunting is we hunt uh, this farm that's on a river, not, not a stream at all. It's, it's named, you know, such and such river. And people were driving down that river while we were hunting, which is, you know, pretty disrespectful to do on November 12th, you know, (laughs) come on, you know, how many hunters are hunting this river corridor right now? And, but they were driving down the river in, uh, on three wheelers, you know, um, uh, it literally just driving through the the puddles that this river is now reduced to. And, uh, if you don't think that impacts your hunting, uh, Tony had a deer at eight yards and it got spooked out to 80, um, (laughs) when they went by. And, uh, so if you think it's not going to affect your hunting, uh, it's already doing that. And, uh, you know, think of the years that this farm that's had this big EHD outbreak, like how long that's going to take to because you can recover numbers pretty quickly, you know, those deer are pretty good at that, but you lose your age class, you know, like that first buck that we found, Yeah, that was a mature buck, you know, it took four year old. Yeah. It took four and a half years old to grow that buck and boom, now he's gone, you know, from, and who knows how many other ones, if we follow that Creek as long as it went, you know, through all the different properties, you probably find, a whole bunch more, you know, right. and, and, uh, you, you know, these, these weather patterns are, they're, they're, you know, getting really concerning from, from my opinion. And, uh, but I will say this, it is an educated opinion. I work in the conservation space and I've talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of people who follow this closer than anyone else on the planet. And, it's it's pretty scary what they talk about. Uh, we're projected here in Iowa to have the same climate as Oklahoma by the year twenty one hundred. So wow. what what Oklahoma is now is what uh, Iowa is uh, is speculated to be within you know the next eighty years, so seventy five years or so. But man, what a crazy story though! Yeah. I don't fault you at all, Caleb, for taking the shot. Um, I would have taken the shot, but I didn't see him. I was too busy looking at that doe and then worried about getting rabies. Sure seen him in the moment. I, I couldn't believe you hadn't. You know, I was. I was, I was you, you were closer than me. How did you not see him? It I know. I still, down. even when he, I heard your shot go off, but I still never saw him. 
yeah, you know, I heard him running through the yeah. through the woods, but I didn't, I never saw him. Yeah, but crazy. um saw crazy plenty of his stuff. blood. Um but yeah. but uh and if you're wondering, you know, someone's probably like, "Well, would you have eaten that deer?" And can humans yeah. get EHD? Um no, humans don't get EHD thankfully. Um, but it right. is kind of spooky to be like walking around in this death zone, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, that would have been these bugs. These bugs keep biting my neck. What, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, no, and and I would I, personally, I would not have eaten the meat. Um, and I try to salvage any kind of meat. Like I would eat roadkill if I saw if I hit a deer with my car, I would definitely eat it. Or like oh, yeah. you know, if I was on my way to the you know, to the grocery store and there was no dead deer on the side of the road and on my way back home, there was, I'd probably try and, I'd, I'd try and eat that, you Why know, not? Get, the, get the back straps off of it. But, uh, yeah. um, this thing though, when something's, you know, it, when they're di- dying of a, you know, hemorrhaging disease, like, like EHD, uh, I, I think a lot of that would have just been really yeah. putrid. And, uh, I heard, I've heard him say that, when you open up the cavities on those deer there, it's just like gelled. The blood is like jello inside of them. And, or it's like uh, white or something. If it gets to the liver, I know that, oh, that really can, can affect yeah, the, that's interesting. If there's a liver, if there's a liver infection, which you never know. Yeah. So, so, but in the, this case, Caleb made the choice to shoot because he wanted to put this thing out of his misery. He was clearly yeah. suffering. And unfortunately, um, that didn't happen as soon as we wanted, but I imagine that deer is dead now. Just you know, compound, yeah. compounding everything, the sickness plus the yeah. the arrow, you know. So it probably did end his suffering a little bit earlier than than uh, normal, which is good. But, He's a lot tougher than we thought. <laughs> yeah, skin, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But. No, it was uh, is is a crazy story. Thanks so much to Caleb and Dylan for coming on to tell it with me. And uh, sorry it took us so long to get it out to you, but we finally did. We got it recorded, and uh, I hope you guys found it interesting. Hopefully, you aren't finding any dead deer at your place. If you are, do contact your uh, you know game fishing game agency. Uh, Caleb has done that. Yep. Uh, and uh, we we took some pictures to document some of it, and uh, maybe I'll do a, a post this coming week with some of those pictures and uh just kind of tell the story there but but uh really a crazy thing an unfortunate thing but also you know if there is going to be an ehd kill out there i felt kind of privileged to have like you know like if i had one of those uh you know like brownies sashes or like the boy scout sashes or whatever i got my ehd pin yeah you know, like i came yeah. across my first ehd uh, death zone there on ehd island And, uh, so, but thanks everyone for tuning into this one. Remember this podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. We use Spartan Forge a ton for scouting that property. We used it for marking, uh, blood trails. We used it for using the blue force tracker, which is like the coolest feature ever. When you're sharing a a hunting property with a buddy, you can see each other's pins and, uh, just basically be on the exact same page the whole time you're hunting. Excellent, excellent tool. Get yourself Spartan Forge. You can get a yearly subscription for a very low price of $59.99 when you stack that up to what it costs for other apps, and you get all 50 states to use that. Not just one, not just two. You get all 50. 
for $60. So go and uh, get going with Spartan Forge. You can find a link for that in the show notes or in the link tree on my Instagram. And then also, uh, please remember East to West Hunts. Caleb and I have a huge hunt. Well, I shouldn't say huge because it's going to be pretty quick, actually. It's like five days, five or six days. (laughs) But um, uh, we're going out to Nebraska. We're going to hit it hard. Alex just did a hunt plan for us. It makes me feel so much better about the trip. We got some really clear directions, some great areas to check out. And uh, we also got some gear coming. We just rented a bunch of the gear that we need for this trip. And uh, I'm, I'm super stoked to get that in and start playing around with it and get used to it. Um, but go to eastwesthunts.com. Tell them this podcast sent you there. You can use a promo code FIRSTGEN10 and save 10% or just say, hey, Alex, I want a free consultation. By the way, I heard about you on the First Gen Hunter podcast. You'll save yourself some dough. And uh, that can go a long way on a trip. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I just have an EHD cough. Um, jump the uh, species barrier with me. Um, nice. <laughs> I'll start growling here soon. Um, the, but uh, then the final, uh, the final sponsor to mention here is Old Barn Taxidermy. A podcast listener just dropped off five deer, five, um, at Old Barn Taxidermy, and uh, he heard about it here on this podcast, and uh, so he uh, went, and that's what I love to hear. Uh, so make I'm sure the best he's ever going to have right there. That's right. Just, uh, just incredible work there. Caleb, you just recently got your pack out Mount, um, back oh, yeah. from old barn. You happy? It's amazing. It's, it's seriously the coolest Mount I have in my house. My and wife j- it's so cool. Yeah. That my yeah wife just how cool. Caleb. My wife wants, she, she did not allow me to put it down in the man cave. She wanted it on our main floor. That's how good it is. Yes. So good, your wife likes it. Can't beat a recommendation better than that. Same case at my household, too. I'm allowed to put mine in the living room because Old Barn does them that well. So go to Old Barn Taxidermy. Tell them the First Gen Hunter podcast sent you there. And uh, that would be a huge help to me. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Caleb and Dylan. Until next time, everyone, take care and take someone hunting.